0: Editors note up top friends, um, just saying I'm sorry for the bad sound quality in this episode. It's having some technical difficulties with the mic and I was pretty ill when I recorded it so I couldn't get my head around it. But I wanted to get the content out there because I love you guys and thanks for listening. So uh, bear with me, adjust the sound on your device accordingly and rest assured it won't happen again. Uh, the next episode after this is already recorded and the sound is crisp and clean so it's now fixed. So just go with it. Thanks. Hello friends and welcome back to the Dreamcast Game Library, the podcast where we try and chronicle all of the unique, uh, memorable and oft-forgotten Dreamcast games of yesteryear. I'm your host Dominic Goulden, coming back today with hopefully a bit of a higher energy episode, I'm still ill but I'm pushing uh, pushing on. Uh, Today we're doing a bit of a weird one, we're doing MDK2, Um, this is a kind of comedy sci-fi shooting game. You might remember it from back in the day. It's a bit of a cult classic. Um something something special about today's episode. This is our first fan request or listener request. Um so a big shout out to Greg Mum who uh, asked me to, to do an episode on MDK two. Um Your Wish is my command. Thank you for getting in touch. Um and to anybody else listening that you know, if you have a, a game that you think you'd like me to cover. Feel free to drop me a line on the Insta and, uh, and I'll be happy to, to take requests. Um, I do have a schedule. I was, I was just before I get into the episode, I was I was going to open by talking about that. Um, I've kind of planned out where I think this series is going um, because I'm never quite sure if I want it to be like a little mini series or, or something a bit more ongoing. I've settled on around 50 episodes. Okay, there are there about. Clearly, that's not every Dreamcast game that ever happened um but we're going to be doing some what i'm going to tentatively call grab bag episodes so like a variety pack um so the next episode is probably going to be one of these where like smaller games so for instance like sports games or beat ups or whatever that i think i probably couldn't do a full episode on um i'm going to sort of throw a bunch of those into uh, an episode and, and compare and contrast and chat about them and see where that fits so That's probably where I see the show going um, in the interest of of getting as much covered. um, But still allowing me to to have my work-life balance, if you like. Um, Okay, so jumping into MDK2. um, I am going to treat this as if you don't know the game. We are a nostalgia podcast, obviously, here. Um, I'm talking about these things in the hope that it will... Give you a, a fondness in your heart, and a, put on the old rules tinted glasses and look back with me. And maybe you'll want to go and replay these games. But at the same time, I feel like the MDK series was like a bit of a cult hit in the 90s and 2000. And then it, I feel like it just fizzled off and you were either there or you weren't. Um, so, to start off then, obviously this is a sequel. You don't really need to know anything about MDK. Because it gives you a nice little rundown at the start of the game. How to introduce it. It's probably one of the most 90s things that's ever been made. (laughs) So if you don't have nostalgia for this game. I'm probably going to find it hard to recommend it. Because I feel like the vibe captures a very specific moment in time. um, When there was a lot of this kind of shit going on. People were doing, like, wacky, zany comedy games like Earthworm Jim and Booger Man and shit like that. Um, Conker's Bad Fur Day. You can probably go on and name your own wacky games Banjo-Kazooie. There was a lot of this kind of stuff going around in the mid to late 90s. Um, And this is, like, a sci-fi twist on it. So, at its core, it's a third-person shooter with some puzzly elements. But there's a lot going on here. Um so I'll try and give you a bit of a story synopsis without too many spoilers. Um, So, MDK, why is it called MDK? Well, that stands for Max, Dr. Kurt. Um, Max is a dog. Uh, Doctor is Dr. Hawkins. And Kurt is Kurt Hectic, a mild-mannered janitor. Okay, so Kurt is actually a superhero, and he saved the Earth in the first game. He has some kind of crazy... Biomechanical suit like a, a stealth suit thing that he puts on looks really cool. Actually, uh, he works for the professor um, And the professor built this dog That's like a robotic forearm dog that smokes cigars and shoots four guns at once as I say very 90s Extreme with just the X yeah, everything was a bit like that in in comics and stuff back in the day um, This is the video game equivalent of that so if you're familiar with the comic book character Lobo the DC character A little bit like that kind of energy, okay? So, Kurt saved the Earth from aliens in the first game, and that's how it starts. Um, They're all toasting his success. Alas, aliens invade again, and the Doctor sends Kurt out. And this game starts out exactly the same as the first game did, with you jumping out of a spaceship and hurtling towards Earth on what's called a ribbon chute, which is just a very snazzy parachute thing that Kurt has. Uh, heading towards what's called a mine crawler, which is these sort of mobile bases that the aliens have. Um, and that's where the first level starts. Now, in the first game, you just played as Kurt. But in this game, you play as all three characters. So there's a heck of a lot of variety. It's actually really good fun in that way. So I'll kind of talk you through... Um, I'm not going to do a beat beat-by-beat of every level, but I'm going to give you a flavour for what each character sort of does. And then give you some of the big story beats and there. Uh, and we'll see where we're at. Okay, so you start out with Kurt. Um, his setup is he's kind of a slim, in-shape, quickish dude who is a sniper by trade. But there's no absolutely no stealth in this game. So it's, it's not sniping in that kind of patient way. It's more like doing trick shots and stuff. He has this arm cannon that can act as like a chain gun. Um, and he can also, you can sort of zoom through it in a scope and shoot bullets. You can shoot all kinds of trick bullets. Okay, so you have a normal sniper bullet, you have a homing one, sniper grenade, sniper mortar, and these all serve different functions in the game. They're not just snazzy weapons, so this is actually something I really like about this. Um, A lot of FPS games are guilty of just having weapons for the sake of it, right? Think about Doom, Quake, uh, whatever else was going on around this time, Hex and Blood, um, all those like 90s boomer shooters. They had all these weapon varieties, and they were really just purely damage dealing. Now, here in this game, there's actually a point on having different weapons. They solve, they help you to solve puzzles, okay? So, I'll kind of talk you through a little bit of the first level and, and see where you go. So, you're working your way through this mine crawler, which is largely just, um, what's that dude's name? Geiger, I, I, I want to say. The, the guy that designed the, the xenomorphs on Alien. You, you're walking through this sort of, like, geiger light. Sort of landscape like weird uh, non-Euclidean corridors and alien architecture and stuff. Fighting goofy green aliens of all different sorts of sizes. And it's an easy level because it's your first one. But you'll notice straight away that you're having to start sort of sniping buttons to open doors. There's a part where you're on top of the minecrawler jumping across through these glass domes. The glass domes have a little like rim on the top of them. And you have to shoot a mortar over into the rim to blow it up Um, and that's how you clear the platforms and get across so straight away we're all getting already getting some use of of those weapons Um, and you go on and on through the level and you get yourself to your first boss this dude called hans who's just a, a low level alien general he has this absolutely massive laser gun machine that he kind of locks himself behind and this is the first thing about this game, is that the bosses are all very unique, usually a lot of fun, and often quite challenging. Now, this dude's not such a tough boss once you know what you're doing, but it's a weird first boss. So, he's in this enormous metal machine, and there's these kind of four flashing panels that rotate, and they shoot lasers at you. So, you know, all you're training up to this point, you're thinking, I snipe those panels, but you don't. You use your sniper, but what you have to do is zoom it in like sixteen times distance and find four little tiny panels right in the center of the machine and snipe them. It took me. I, I replayed this game today. It's a, not a long game. You can you can knock it out in a couple of hours once you know what you're doing. Um, because I haven't played it since I was about seventeen or something. I completely forgot how the heck the strategy was for this boss, and I had to whip out a guide in the end because I was getting frustrated. Um, so, so it is one of those kind of games. Nine times out of ten, what you're meant to do is a kind of logic stuff. You can work it out. But sometimes there's just weird things like that that you'll have to Google. And um, then you snipe out your, your boss and you've won. And you think, yay. And then this big, cool, purple dude with, like, a Tony Todd Candyman kind of a voice turns up. And that's Schwang Schwing. And he is, as far as we know at this point, the alien commander. And he kidnaps Kurt. Okay, So that's Kurt, he's a sniper, he's a quick dude, he can do all kinds of trick shots. Moving over to Max, the most 90s character, forearm dog, you've got a cigar on the go at all times, you've got four guns on the go at all times, and his mode is just pure run and gun. Um, there's not much else to it, apart from, you get a jetpack as well, and there's some sections where you fly up with a jetpack and it's pretty cool. Um, he just has to go and fight this spaceship that's gotten... In the way of the spaceship or something. I I can't remember. Um, Anyway you go on and you're shooting all these little weird green aliens. That keep farting. Because there's a lot of toilet humour in this game. Which like. The thing with comedy games is. It's great when it hits. So like the Homestar Runner game. For me. uh, What's it called? Strong Bad's Game for Attractive People. All five chapters of that. Hit just right. Because I bloody love Homestar Runner. Um, But this is like weird 90s immature humour that we've got here on MDK it hits about 50% of the time some of the jokes are really funny and some of them are a bit cringy so um you know I guess your mileage is going to vary on that it depends what your humour is like it's not necessarily the one for me some of the more absurdist or like surreal things make me laugh and some of the things that are just crude I'm a bit like come on man um but, you know, it is what it is. So you jump onto this spaceship, you've got your forearms, you've got your four guns, you can get all kinds of different stuff Uzis, Magnums, shotguns, you know, he can pick up all kinds of stuff and wield it. And you just blast your way through, find this big energy core ball thing that's the commander of this ship, and you blast that and destroy it. Then you play as the Doctor. Doctor Hawkins, I think his name is. I've, I've already said it, but um, you know, forgive me. I'm recovering from an illness. <laughs> um, and uh, the computer on the ship is teaching you how to uh, how to fight in the danger kitchen. Um, and he starts by teaching you to make toast. So you pick up a toaster. You pick up the bread. Now, the the doc's loadout's a little bit different than the other characters. So he just always has two items out at any one time. So. You, you click the left D-pad to change his left item and the right D-pad to change his right item. Um, because he's all about combining things. He's the puzzle character. You have to make things to, to kind of progress. So you start off, you learn how to make toast and then pick up and eat the toast. Um, as you go around the ship, um, which is a pretty chill start. You're just like, nosying around in like, the toilet and the bridge and the... Um, kitchen area you're picking up uh, Mr Fizzy which is the pop that he likes to drink that's his health item you're picking up the sauce which is alcohol Um, you pick up towels now you can combine the alcohol with the towels and make Molotov cocktails okay straight away we've got a combo Um, and ultimately you salvage stuff to make this leaf blower now why do you make a leaf blower Um, well the duck's not much of a fighter. He's got the lowest hit points out of anybody. He's really easy to kill. Um, so you've got to get creative when you're fighting. And to get through the, the plant lounge area, you have to beat these four aliens. Now thankfully, he has this big like little shop of horrors piranha plant thing at the back. So once you've got your leaf blower, all you do is blow the four big aliens and the plant eats them. And then to reward you the plant dips your toaster in radioactive sludge and it becomes an atomic toaster that is a prog rock band name if ever i've heard one atomic toaster um and then you go carry on and there's all kinds of different little puzzles that you need to do about making ladders and duct taping parts of the ship and taping magnets to your feet to walk on top and put a fishbowl on your head, and then there's a part where you use your fish to swim through the ducks to push a button. It's a crazy first level for the dock. He's probably my favourite playstyle in the game. His levels are a little more slow-paced. Um It's a bit of a Future Armour vibe at times, and I really like that. Um I've already tipped my hat that I'll be doing the Future Armour game at some point on the pod as a Dreamcast adjacent game. So there's some of that energy going into this level, uh, and I really like that. And then you get to the first really frustrating boss of the game, the, the BFB, who's just this alien in a chair with a big massive exposed brain. Um, the boss fight's like really cheap and annoying. There's two switches on either side of the arena and then a button on the floor. You have to push both switches, hit the button, and this big beam that's across the room zaps him as long as he's going through it. You have to do that probably seven or eight times, but all the while he's hitting you with the cheapest, most annoying, relentless homing attacks and shockwaves and stuff. And the dog's got such low health, it's frustrating. Um, but on the whole, the game is not frustrating, just that one boss fight, although he does come back later. So that's your first three levels. There's ten levels in total, so you do, um, you know, you alternate, so you do. Um, Kurt, Max, Doc, Kurt, Max, Doc, Kurt, Max, Doc and then your final level well, you get to choose so spoilers ahead for a 22 year old game if you are worried Um, on your final fight with Shuang who who's the big purple alien I talked about earlier he reveals that he isn't attacking you for any personal reason it's orders from the palace the emperor of the alien planet which is called Swizzle Firma uh, the Emperor, Zizi Baluba has declared this war. So you all have to go and meet up at the palace. The lads turn up at the palace. They have an argument outside. You have to choose who you're going to go through the final level with. Worth having a save before that because, um, although the ending's always the same, the levels play out quite differently. Um, I originally did it with uh, Kurt back in the day. But this time I did it with the the Doctor and it's a very different experience. So, really interesting um to do. The palace is absolutely epic. All of the levels are quite nicely designed. Some of Kurt's are a little bit tamey and they look a lot like MDK 1. But on the whole, the aesthetic's really, really nice. Um, time to put a pause in there and say... There has since been a HD remaster, um, which is graphically better. And, again, as much as I don't want to dunk on the, the uh, Dreamcast, if you're going to get the game, you really may as well get the HD version, okay, rather than digging out your old Dreamcast. But I digress. Back to the game at hand. Um, so the palace is really, really epic. Um, as Kurt, I think, probably has the most interesting kind of... Path you you fight in these um, I haven't really described many of the aliens to you so there's all kinds of different varieties and one that I always associate with the palace although you do see them in the first level as well are these like fat red kind of devil looking things like a fat cyber demon or like um, if a caco demon off doom had a body or like if you ever played dungeon keeper those fat bile demons look a bit like them um, and they had these staffs that shoot home in lasers at you and they have these belts that blink. And when the belt has its eye open, if you shoot them with a sniper shot in the belt, it's a one-hit kill. Very cool. So there's a really cool scene or section where you're going down this massive um, corridor with huge pillars on either side. Very Imperial looking. And you're fighting these, I assume these guys like the Imperial Guard. Um, It's really cool. And then you get to Zizi Beluba and he tells you, you know what? That's yeah, it's over now. I only invaded the earth for a laugh. Uh, it was something to do. So I had to say myself. And now that you've sorted it out, you're free to go. Which, at the time when I played it, I remember thinking, wow, that's funny, that's wacky. But now, thinking about the way, like, <laughs> evil people are these days, dictators and stuff, that's probably more realistic than any other explanation. That people are just doing wacky stuff like that for a laugh. Um, but the lads aren't having it. They're annoyed that they've been dragged all the way across the galaxy. And they fight him. And... The, the fight's really cool. You're fighting him in his throne room. Um, you get sucked inside his body. <laughs> you have to blow up all his organs, including his brain. Um, and then that kills him. And then it's finally over. And the lads rest. And as far as I'm aware, they never did an MDK 3. So I think it's just 1 and 2 that you've got to go on. So, would I recommend it? Yeah. I mean, I'd give it like a solid 7. Maybe even an 8 out of 10. It's a really, really fun game really varied there's not a lot of stuff like it um it has a nice combination of third person action adventure kind of platforming running and gunning stuff uh puzzly stuff it's it's a really nice well balanced game it's a fun story it's colorful there's a lot of nice characters in it i would recommend it and it only takes three maybe four hours max if you're struggling to, to beat the the game so it's I always see that as a plus these days. I think I might have spoken about this on a previous episode. But um, when I was a kid, I always probably would have liked a game to have a lot of content and keep me going for a long time. But now, because I don't have much time, that's why I find myself going back to these old ones. I like a game that I can beat um, what I might call like a blockbuster rental. You know, when you're a kid and we had blockbuster, you'd get yourself a film and some popcorn and some ice cream or whatever... You'd maybe get yourself a game for over the weekend and you'd hope that that would be something that you could beat in that weekend. So, like, I think I remember renting uh, Resident Evil 2, beating it in the weekend, you know, that kind of thing. Um, This is very much like that. If you're just looking to kill an evening or two and have some fun doing it, I could highly recommend it. Um, Whilst I am here, uh, I guess I'll, I'll advertise that the next episode... No, you know what? I'm not going to advertise what the next episode is because I'm I'm off two minds. You wait and see what it is, okay? Um, over to the sign off then. Thank you very much for listening, and I will see you guys in the next one.